Welcome, friends, to Navigate with ID. It's such a pleasure to be here today. I'm grateful to God for life, and I hope you all are doing great. Um, honestly, you know, just coming into the studio, I was just saying to myself, this is end of November, right? And then we are just going to skate into December. And before you know it, we're saying Happy New Year. I always knew that it would happen because a progressive life is a life that looks forward to better things ahead. So congratulations to every one of us. And I'm trusting God that we will birth the new year in joy, peace, and whatever situation that um, we found ourselves in 2020. The lessons learned will keep us through in the years ahead. If you're just joining this program for the first time, I bid you welcome. And if you've been on the journey with me, the leadership journey, I also bid you welcome. We've been looking at various principles. In the last edition, I did speak on the subject or the topic of courage. Use courage as one of the great principles. And just before courage, we had the privilege to talk about honor, duty. And today, I think I'm coming to that major principle that brings everything together more or less a compelling principle of leadership you could just hazard a guess it is nothing other than vision v-i-s-i-o-n i'm not going to take this on the normal platform um, that people do i'll try as much as possible to ensure that we have a lot more talk time because i want to hear from most of you i find that people truly lack visioning i see a lot of people just walk lifelessly when i mean lifelessly they're just not in control of themselves let alone be even sure of what the future portends why because they've outsourced everything their dependency ratio is just about another person their lives have been baked into another's without realizing that they actually need to shape take make and create their lives within their God-given graces. And so, if you give me the privilege to share some of my thoughts with you, I'll at some point, will open the phone lines and I want you to tell me about it. What you see as your own leadership vision. But let me start by, you know, putting up a quote by Dave Campbell from the Center for Creative Leadership. Dave Campbell says, If you don't know where you are going you are most likely to end up someplace else. Let me put it within a contextual framework that will hit you. Now, imagine getting to a bus stop. You get to the bus station, and then a bus rolls up, and you just jump into it without any idea of where you're going. And the next time you find yourself, maybe five, six hours later, you are in some other part of the country, and when you open your eyes and you say, where am I? And they say, you are in a worry. You say, what am I doing in a worry? I'm actually meant to be going to Kaduna. That's what it means not to have a vision. And that's what Dave Campbell is saying. If you don't know where you are going, you are likely to end up someplace else. So many people today are where they are simply because they bothered the wrong boss. Or they piggybacked on some other person's vision believing that this person was going to take them to the promised land. I've seen a lot of young men in the place of service. I've seen young women 
in the place of service. They're serving one individual or the other. But they themselves do not even have a sense of where they want to be. They are not destination-minded. They're just saying, oh, because this person occupies this position, I know that he'll make something out for me. Nobody can make something out for you. You need to create something from the power of what God has given to you because your life is about you. And your life will then touch other lives to make it worth a living. And that's where I come from the standpoint of speaking to great leaders, being often described as visionary. But really, what does it mean? What does it mean to be visionary? Leadership vision is an essential means for focusing attention on what matters most, what you want to accomplish in your life, and what kind of leader you wish to be. If you are listening to me right now, I'm not talking about your state governor. I'm not talking about your local government chairman. I'm not talking about your boss in the office. I'm not talking about your director. I'm talking about you. Focusing your attention on what matters most in your life. Because a great vision has to be rooted in your past. Address the future and to deal with today's realities. If you do not have something that is rooted in your past, that addresses the future and deals with today's realities, then you have not been able to create a crystal clear mental picture of that future. Your leadership vision represents who you are and what you stand for. 2020 is a year that COVID played the role of a leveler. Leveled everyone and everything. Now, new ways, new things, new normals. But what have you learned from it? How has that propelled you to take a fresh look at your business? To take a fresh look at your career? To take a fresh look at your family? All of that sitting on the pedestal of you, brand you, self, you, being the leader. How are you going to project yourself from that point? Are you waiting for someone to tell you how to wield the stick? Vision is also about reaching out to others and doing what has to be done. Visionaries not only anticipate problems and challenges, they immediately begin formulating ways to solve the problems, even if it means asking for help. Here's the point at this juncture. Many of us are going to step into 2021. You can't step into 2021 mourning and telling everybody 2020 was bad. It was a COVID year. Yes, we know what's new. But if you are visionary, you must begin to anticipate what you want to do in 21, what you want to do in 22, trusting God for life, then beginning to formulate ways to solve the problems. Is it about getting married? Is it about having a set of children or raising a family? All of this must fit into the overall puzzle or the overall picture as it were. If you play with puzzles like we did, some of us when we grew up, you would always have it in pieces. Now, each of those pieces make up the entire pie. And so today, I find some people just sit down and say, oh, marriage is my vision. Marriage can be your vision, friends. It's just one piece of the puzzle. Raising a family is just one piece of the puzzle because the ecosystem requires several other attending parts that need to come in together. Each of those parts require an individual called you to make it happen. And this is one part that speaks to me about the state 
of the Nigerian leader. When I talk about the Nigerian leader, I'm not just talking about the guys leading us a political leadership. I'm talking about the leadership even from the home. Starting from the home, we have many parents today who are not visionaries. We have very many children today that have come from such homes who, because they did not feel the impact of the visionary nature of their parents, are living a life that is different. And that's why we have part of the problems that we have where we are so divided. Then generation-wise, there's a generation that believes that some are not speaking. And there's a generation that believes that they need to overspeak if there's a word like that. But don't understand that sometimes it's a lot better to listen than to speak. Because when you listen, you're able to filter. You take in the message and you decide how to split the mess from the age. Because most times we are only thinking age. Age can be deceptive. That I'm 60 years of age and you are 15 years of age or you are 45 does not in any way take away the grace upon you and your life as you are. What it does, it accentuates the benefit of getting to know you because everyone envisions and everyone embodies what they've started and what the journey was. Hitato. Why do I say it starts from the family, not just the political leader? Why do I say that visionaries not only need to anticipate problems and challenges, even if it means asking for help, is because I found that somehow in our system, we fail to ask for help because people don't want to be seen to be weak in a certain area. We want to be seen as machos. And that's one part that speaks to me. I want to ask you and to plead with you that if you find there are areas where you have gaps in order to fulfill your vision you must be able to ask for help many of our leaders both in public private and the political sectors are not visionaries vision is an awareness of what must be done as opposed to possessing some particular skill or intellect or clairvoyance that others do not possess vision has another element that leaders must recognize and act upon. A leader, by necessity, looks to the future and somewhere down the road must recognize there will come a time when ceding responsibility to new leadership is the right thing to do. What I'm saying in essence is that when you get to a certain point in your leadership journey, you must cede responsibility to new leadership. I'm not speaking Greek, neither am I speaking Hebrew. Yes, it may be English language, but I'll tell you, part of the problems we have is that people are not ready to cede responsibility. Yes, I'm of the opinion that in some cases, some people do not embrace that responsibility. But when you take them on that curve of joining and understanding the arrowhead, that the arrowhead needs to be seen to be sharp that the spearhead needs to be sharp and not blunt then you know that each and every one is a tool in god's hand to bring about one thing his glory i can tell you that in the course of my career one thing that i've kept as a solid state 
whatever part of my life and career, the minute I get into a certain role, my first assignment is to source for my replacement. The first assignment is to get my successor. I have done it successfully by the grace of God. When I started my career in Guinness, you know, I did at that time. When I got to Cadbury, I did. When I got to Coca-Cola, I did. When I did, when I got to L'Oreal, it was easy for me to sit back and say to myself, who's going to take over from me in this role? If I don't find any, I start building and creating. I can also tell you in my local assembly, over the years that I've had the privilege, the then Lateran Assembly, now the Citadel Global Community Church, there I sit in some space in leadership. But I'll tell you that I've, by the grace of God, been able to cede responsibility to so many others who today I look up to them. And that's why if you're close to me, I'll always address you as my ogre. Because they are truly my ogre. They are the arrows that I'm shooting into that future. Listen, this is how I see it, friends. I look at three basic tools as my opportunity or as the opportunity for the leadership journey. Let me tell you how it plays in my head. And these three tools come from the table of how I envision the future. The first tool is an is a axe, A-X or A-X-E. It's very short. The axe is very potent. But the potency of the axe can only be felt and the impact can only be felt when you're close to the item. So when you carry an axe and you strike an object, if you try it from a distance, there'll be no impact. And so I have those that I bring very close because I'm enabling, I'm envisioning that this one's, for them to be great tomorrow, I need to bring them close first and foremost. In that same space, they become my battle axes. Like God will have you and I as his battle axe. That's why we are soldiers, we are saints, we are sons. And you know that when I have in my quiver, or I beg your pardon, not time for quiver yet. When I have in my stable, I have this axis. That's why seven tribes is there. I have seven tribes, a close group of young mentees that I bring closer. Those ones that I begin to shape them, share my personal journey, my life, my challenges with them in various facets, whether in terms of those that work for me, whether those that I meet in church or my professional life or my social life, they are pool, a pool of people that I bring closer. And those ones are in that frame of being the axe because it's close proximity. You will be able to know my house. You'll be able to know my family. So if you are sitting in a space where I'm mentoring you, you will understand why I do the things I do. Now, the next tool that comes to my hand and to my mind, which I always sit with in my mind, is a spear. After staying with you for a long time, there's a tendency that I'll need to create a new relationship with some people. And those ones, the tool that can afford me to do it will be the spear. What is a spear? The spear has its advantages. It also has its disadvantages. The spear can be very, you can hold the spear and get very close contact. There has to be some distance. But more importantly, all those that I have groomed at the place of close communion and friendship and relationship, 
by virtue of the axe technology, they automatically migrate to becoming spears. Why? If I remain with them and the relationship is there and I will sharpen the spearhead, so there's a spearhead. In order to spearhead any operation or spearhead any particular mission, you need the shaft. Without the shaft, the shaft helps you to provide direction. When throwing that spear, it can hit the target to have the impact. Now, when you groom people in that regard, you then realize that they need to be sharpened because they are spearheads. So these guys who, or ladies who were with me at close proximity, later on, become spearheads. At any point in time, for the leadership journey to be complete, they need people. So imagine the shaft being people. You can't achieve anything without people. And so when you hold the shaft, meaning as a spearhead, you are indicatively telling them that's the target. That becomes another form of visioning. That's where we are going. And when you hold the shaft and you throw, it hits the target and the impact is felt. That's another dimension of tooling for leadership. The third tool that also helps and takes me on that journey as I envision the future and with people is the arrow. Now there are, like the Bible talks about having blessed is that man whose quiver will be full of them. I tell you something, when you see young people, if you want to understand why all my life I've always been so passionate about helping, building young people to even get a lot greater, every one of them that I mentor that are close to me from a battle axe formation, I always tell them that they will surely be bigger, greater, and better than I am. And that I say with every sense of humility. When I speak to my son, I speak to my son in that context. When I speak to my daughter, it's the same context. And to those that are close to me at the battle axe formation level, what I say to them, you guys are the arrows that are shot into the future. And you must be the arrowhead. Being the arrowhead is that 10 years from today, you will be part of my legacy. And so when I got to a place like Cadbury, at the point when Cadbury as an example of my leadership journey, and I had this team that are commercial team a lot of them some i had to bring that close close contact to be able to reform their minds and then work with them i had to use the axe formation some others i had to use the spear formation and while some others i said to them i needed to take them as arrowheads what happened it took a different turn as i was saying to them you guys are the arrows i'm shooting into the future someday 18 months from now you will be leading organizations. Ten years from now, some of you are going to be driving organizations. And on that day, I will sit back and know that I had done what I needed to do. Friends, Copper Shepherds didn't start today. That was the vision that God had given to me way, way back. And so what you're seeing me do now is not out of fashion. It's a lot easier because visionary leaders are great leaders that have the ability to make other leaders. Have you seen a man call himself a visionary leader and he cannot point to those that he has made leaders? If you find a man say that he's a visionary leader, ask him one question. Show me your quiver. Your, his quiver will be full of arrows 
that he has shot into the future, a future he did not know. Like my pastor will always say, that is the letter that his mother wrote into the future. Today, I'm a product of that same process too. Because when my father and my mother decided to paint that picture of that future, I was the letter. I am the letter. My siblings are letters. So it's important that as parents, we must know that our children are legacies, are ambassadors. If you're not visionary as a parent, you will just not write anything. But it requires trust. My team in Cadbury, my team in L'Oreal, my team at Coca-Cola, in all the places I've worked and all the professional associations I find myself, one thing that has kept us up until this day, elements of trust, transparency, a greater depth of character, commitment, and vision. Friends, all I say to you is that you cannot be effective as a leader if you do not have visioning. Because visionary leaders are great leaders. Visionary leaders are the ones that have the ability to make others. An effective leader will always accomplish his or own goals. Because great leaders dictate the course of history. You wonder why certain people come up most times, you hear their names all the time. It's simply because they're visionary. You wonder why certain organizations are thriving today and being the best that they could be. It's because the people, it's their product of a vision. By the way, let me say this before we take a break. You are not a leader unless someone will follow you. Only a fool will follow someone who does not know where they are going. The more clear and noble your vision or the vision, the better the people will be that will be attracted. Those you will attract by reason and the power of what you've painted. The same way you want to have, you have a relationship, you want to get married. If a man does not provide a crystal clear picture of that future, it is difficult for a woman to say, I do. And that's the that's a major crux of the problem we have today because a lot of men, particularly young men, are short-sighted. Maybe, I'm not talking about lenses, but they need lenses. But these lenses were constructed, were made divine through the process of parenting. And as we get into this whole process, we'll be asking ourselves, where did we fail? We failed because we did not imbue some responsibility of visioning into the lives of the small ones. It is not too late, but I want you to understand that this is one very compelling vision or compelling principle that you require. Otherwise, it would just be a walk in the park. We'll be right back. Let's take a short break. And when I come back on the other side of the divide, we'll have one or two words and I'll open the phone lines to hear how you envision your own future and to tell me where you sit. I don't want you calling in and start pointing fingers. I want to talk about you. Don't tell me this person is not visionary. I just said to you what I did and what I've done so far. Come and tell me your story. And if you don't have a story, come and let's reason together. Let's implant something in you or infuse that will allow you to become a better person. 
because 2021 is not going to be a year that is waiting for you. The year has started now. Those that will make a better place of their future must envision it. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Welcome back, my dear friends, to Navigate with ID. It's such a pleasure to continually share and also learn from you. We've been looking at the subject of vision as a compelling principle within the leadership journey. Just before we took the break, I'd said that um, visionary leaders are great leaders that have the ability to make other leaders, but it requires trust, transparency, a greater depth of character, commitment, and vision. Martin Luther King Jr. was a great leader. He shared his dream with such conviction that he became the dream of millions of others. I have been privileged to meet, to work, and be mentored by great leaders. One of such is Dr. Tunde Bakari, the serving overseer of the Lead Citadel Global Community Church, formerly the Lateran Assembly. In 30-plus years, we've found a space where a vision of one man raising a people of integrity, purpose, power, with passion for Jesus and addiction for God's kingdom. And you had that commitment, whatever it takes. A compelling vision that has also given birth to the citadel. But the citadel today represents the future. It's the birth of a new dimension in God and grace for the country and indeed for humanity. Visionary leaders are great leaders and they are more inclined to listen than to speak. When they speak, it is with greater substance. Great leaders have seldom taken the mantle of leadership for its own sake. True leadership is born out of vision and strategy that is established firmly on the bedrock of conviction and purpose. Are you a man of conviction? Are you a woman of conviction? Are you a man of purpose? And are you a woman of purpose? If you lack both, then there's something missing. That means you've not been powered by a vision. Leadership is a means and not the end in itself. The ability to be a great visionary is to a degree a spiritual gift that some seem to just be born with. However, many who seem to have this gift lack other characteristics such as resolve, steadfastness, perseverance, etc. to make their visions a reality. And so on Thursday... I'm going to be taking the subject of perseverance as a major anchor. You'll hear on Thursday, same time on this same station, when I speak to you about perseverance, you realize that you may be a great visioner, beautiful visions, but when the storms, challenges come, what do you do? You chicken out. Perseverance is very key. And that's why I'm saying here that the ability to be a great visionary is to a degree, a large degree, a spiritual degree, a, a spiritual gift, I beg your pardon, that some seem to just be born with. However, many who seem to have this gift lack other characteristics such as perseverance, steadfastness, etc. to make their visions a reality. Such can be labeled or known as dreamers who may talk a lot but seldom do much. Friends, I just want you to understand that it's important that as you listen to me today, today, the entity called Corporate Shepherds 
I have the rare privilege and honor to be the founder. It's a product of a vision that God had given to me many years ago. And so you may be wondering, what is Navigate with ID doing? It's a product of a vision. And where is that coming from? Have you ever heard me talk about the vision of corporate shepherds? Let me tell you, because from a vision, there's a mission, and that is what brings it to reality. So the vision of corporate shepherds, in a nutshell, whilst trying to teach, to guide, and motivate, will always stand in a place where corporate shepherds is a leading institution that takes responsibility for equipping a new generation of leaders who desire to build a more just and equitable marketplace. Now you wonder why marketplace? You and I are in the foray, outside of our homes. Anything you do outside has to be transactional. But you need a transformational mindset to occupy a transactional space. Leadership, equipping a new generation of business leaders, equipping a new generation of self-leaders and leaders of leaders, that's exactly what Corporate Shepherds is all about. And so what is our mission? Our mission is to teach, is to guide, and motivate individuals and corporations to new levels of capabilities and performance. And so it is very easy for me to be able to mull it out. This has been on for 11 years, friends. And today you're listening to this program. It's a product of that vision that started 11 years ago. And by the way, 11 years ago, meaning was the first time we went on air. But this vision had been on right before that time. And what is being unveiled before you every day, every hour, year on year, is growing to become a major mighty hook. But leading for today means looking to tomorrow. What are you doing today? Are you leading for today? And if you're looking to tomorrow, you must embrace visioning. And let me say to you, so that I close that loop in making you understand why corporate shepherds is what it is. The values of corporate shepherds sits under the operating value called shepherding. And what is the role of a shepherd? The role of a shepherd is to tend. And based on this, our values as an organization, the values I had from day one when I took on the mantle of bringing this whole vision to life. Number one, understanding the needs of those for whom we are responsible. That is why as many of you that either join Seven Tribes or send mails to me or come on the programs that we launch under either Navigate with ID seven tribes or the business and leadership conference blc or it could be other shapes and forms is to really understand your needs and those we are responsible number two being vigilant and reliable being reliable means that every tuesday and thursday by the grace of god for the past four years on this program on this station we've been here and we can tell you with every sense of duty that by God's grace, my attendance in the course of the year will probably sit in the ratings of somewhere between 80 and 90%, if not 90, stronger 90. One in 10 times you might not, 10 out of 100 occasions I will not be here. But I tell you, it's a sense of commitment. Why? Because reliability is key. And lastly, recognizing our obligations and commitment to those entrusted to our care. This is what em- the values that corporate shepherds has 
and brings us to a last value. Being dependable, emphatic, caring, practical, and realistic. So when you see and hear Navigate with ID brought to you by Corporate Shepherds, what I've done is to give you a sense of that vision that was given to me very many years ago. Vision represents an amalgamation of skills, an ability to be creative when you are blending what is happening now in the present with what may or may not be happening tomorrow. And so, my dear friends, I'm going to lead this old charge of asking you to join me by taking a quote from Major General Franklin. And he says, it beats, and I quote, he says, Vision is the most important and challenging principle of leadership, for it demands that a leader, whenever you see a leader, that you put yourself in there, put your name there, demands that Idorean, demands that ID, demands that Eve continues to create an environment in which subordinates, in which followers, in which children, in which friends, I'm putting all of the people in that bracket, can function at a higher level. If you do not see yourself leading for today, then you cannot look to tomorrow. You will just be a pawn on the chessboard. And when you're a pawn on the chessboard, you know you only sit in one place called potential. You have the potential to be a queen. You have the potential to be a knight. You have a potential to be a castle or rook. You have a potential to be a bishop. But you will never move because you'll be at the beck and call of anyone and everyone simply because you lack visioning. Friends, I'm going to open the phone lines and the numbers that you will call. As always, 0809-191-3913-0809-222-0913. And then we have the WhatsApp line and also a line 0809-234-5913. And there are two additional lines I'll just drop on the, for your knowledge, 015150913, and there's 5151913. I guess I have a first caller. Hello, who's calling? Lagos Talks, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, sir. Who's calling? Now you've got to talk. Ring the phone out, so I was kind of on Okay. Thank you very much sir, for everything you are, you are doing and talking about me for um, saving of generations because it's not just we, the generation, when you are impacting to people, those people will also impact other people. And also, I think the challenge is also bring up leadership. In England, they will say, now death costs more to king than to man. Because when the challenges come, you have to ask questions, you have to find ways to grow. So I appreciate all you're doing. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Ebuka. Thanks. Uh, Lagos Talks. Good. Oh, sorry. F- sorry, folks. Uh, let me reel out the numbers again. 0809-191-3913. 0809-222-0913. And 0809-234-5913. Remember, I want you to give me a sense. Give me a picture of your own story. Of how... You have envisioned that future on what you envision. And if you are not, how can you be helped to start framing that future that will come? Remember what we talked about. Lagos Talks. Hello, good evening, sir. I'm calling you. Good afternoon, sir. Who is calling? 
Yes, sir. My name is Lekon. Yes. I'm calling from the Welcome, Lekon. Good afternoon. First of all, I would like to say a very big thank you to you. I've been following you and um, your teachings have been so instructive to my life. Thank you, Lekon. Thank God. And going, going on from there, I think of, of recent, I've come to terms with what I think I should have been doing that I left undone. Mm. I... I think I've been through quite a lot and I've been withdrawn from people for several reasons. Mm. But I found out that I kind of have found my footings and now I'm always looking out for those who are going through things that I see that are withdrawn in gatherings and everything. Yeah. And I look for ways to help them become who they should be. That's good. I try to give them a listening ear, mm. hear from them and be supportive in every way I can. That's good. Like um, I often tell, I often tell them that I want to, I want to be part of your success story. I don't just want to hear your story, yeah, and give suggestions. Great. I want to follow through every process of growth, mm. and mm. that has been something that makes me feel like I'm getting fulfilled, even mm. though I may not really have much. It might not be that I have everything, but then in doing that, I see myself building soldiers for the next generation fantastic and i fantastic. think it's a great accomplishment on my part great and i'm grateful to god for that and for your teachings too thank you very much leko and I'll, you can always count on my support um that's a great way good afternoon sir, good afternoon, sir. Right. who's calling sir I'm good my name is Ogunai Folami. right i want to appreciate that for your teaching. thank you for I do this in every Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Folari. Thank you. And thank you, Ebuka. Thank you, Leko and Folari, for calling. Um, you know, I know Ebuka had um, talked about challenges, and Leko, I'll bet, also, you know, touched on that. Uh, one thing, guys, um, you're going to listen. Please tune in on Thursday. I know you are regular listeners. On Thursday, we're going to be looking at perseverance. And you'll see that after you've done this great job of visioning, you need something to keep you going. And that's a necessary and sufficient Wow. Well, let me also note that you can uh, send a message via Twitter at LagosTalks913, my own handle. Actually, send it directly to me at IDYENANG, IDYENANG. You follow me on Twitter, send your messages on Twitter. And I'll be able to read them through. Um, thank you very much, Mr. Soji. Your message is well noted. He says to me that, um, sir, listening to you today again, I think you should start a school of leadership. Thank you, Soji. I would, uh, leadership Academy. Um, it's what we are doing every second, every day. And I'm sure that we'll, we'll take that into... Um, my boss is here. My boss, Esther, is here. So she will she will help me with that. So, friends... Um, let me read out the numbers again. Um, 0809 0809-222-0913 Let me share another personal story. You remember I've said to a lot of you that I joined Guinness at the age of 24. We were 11 uh, young boys that were more or less uh, brought in as graduate trainees way back in 1991. 
one one of the things that was very instructive for me, you know, being with that group of very distinguished um, gentlemen um, at that time um, was the fact that we all had a lot of things to share. Save for one of us, uh, we lost one of us, Henry Amofuma, in the course of the the, the years after. But um, it was a band of brothers. But one thing that was very instructive for me, particularly, was when we went to our training, um, our induction, as it were. And we had um, our, our learning and development manager then, when the person of a late Mr. Detukasi, who went to be with the Lord a few years back. And the tradition then at Guinness was we had our most MDs were at the mid, were in the mid 50s. So, for example, would take an md to kick off 52 53 and by 55 you know was retirement and so we had a bit of turnover and the great maxwell oteri and the likes of uh, late um, chief ralph alabi etc uh, they were all directors and then abel Ubeku was the longest but i will say something to you that was instructive when we we're being told well i was 24 then um we we're being inducted and mr detukasi said there will always be one MD at a time. Here we were in induction room in 1991, there in Guinness, Ogba Brewery. And I said to him that I should be, you know, at the age of 21 years, at the age of 45, I should be a CEO. I know my colleagues then, we used to, we're, we're having fun. We're brothers. We're still brothers. And some of them will yap me and say, you know, big mouth, you're not serious. How can you? And then, this is your, this is your mouth, self. But I was serious. And I said, I see no reason why at 45 I will not be a managing director or a CEO. Why should I not be? I mean, why should I wait to 50, follow the tradition of the 50s? That no way. And in 21 years, add that to my age, something is wrong, either with me or with the organization. And I began at that point to begin to say to myself, yes, I was in marketing, that I wanted in 10 years to be a notable marketing professional in Africa. So I envisioned it, friends. But let me start and tell you the first good news. At the age of 44, 44 was when I took on my first CEO role as managing director of Samsung. I was the first local managing director that Samsung had, local, that they made managing director. I was Samsung Electronics West Africa, that's what we used to call it. Now, that was one year before my supposed vision target. So I'm saying to young people today, when they say to you, People around you can shut you down. But if you are like David that understood where he was going and he could envision beyond Goliath, he could see that definitely there's something in there, but he needed an incentive. What would be done to anyone who takes down this, this Philistine? Or they said to him, this will be happen, this will happen. And of course, they put the babe inside there. Babes are always a great incentive, even to one David. And David just went... But he knew what he was looking for. But he had to train to reign. Now, here's my point, friends. I did not sit down, fold my arms, and say that I envisioned that at the age of 45, I'll be a CEO. I had to walk my butt side up well. And remember, I must always remind you guys that here I was sitting as a minority of a minority of a minority. You don't know what it means, but I must tell you that when you come from a minority tribe in this country your chances of almost hitting the target is very slim or does not exist. But you can allow that sink into your head and you start looking for godfathers or manfathers or womanfathers, whatever form or shape, and you don't believe in yourself and walk yourself through. I'm grateful to God for putting me through with some great men 
some great leaders, some great managers, some great bosses. Chief Ulumba, Akan Ekunifo Koli have brought on this program so many times. Akin Ayileka, Ibrahim Dauda, Shenia Detu. These are men that have helped me in the course of my journey. But I'll tell you something. I still hit that saddle. I left Guinness. I moved on to the Coca-Cola company. I was at the Coca-Cola company for 11 years. And what is most important in all of this is that I did not rest on my oars. So turning over and going over to Cadbury, working with a team to turn it, the company out of a near comatose state back to life and positioning me for the next job. So when I sat in the saddle of being managing director of Samsung, it was just there. I was at the right place, right time. But I had to prepare myself. You cannot go and sit down and say, I want to be the next president. I want to be the next governor. I want to be, I want to be this great father. Remember, they are all pieces in the puzzle. And don't make a title your destination. Because every title has an expiry date. Every title has an expiry date. The only time, and you hear me say all of that when we come to perseverance about the finish line. The only time you have a finish line is when you go six feet under. Every other thing has a terminal point. Never run to, f- to go to be the first to cross the finish line. Oh, my vision is to be the first, the first man to hit the moon. Oh boy, let me tell you something. I have a philosophy. Number one, I love Yoruba language. I wish I could deeply express myself the way I, 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 that language is rich. Now, make no mistake about it. And I'm telling you, I'm very, very, I'm not a tribalist. If I was, I would not name my daughter Morenike. You know, Morenike Udwagabasienang. Yeah, my daughter's name is Morenike, and I come from Akwaibom. Because I know that the richness of the name and the, the language allows me express my love for my daughter. And so, Morenike. So you might see her tomorrow and say, how come? That's your problem. So that's your problem. How are you mixing? That's your problem. But you can mix okra and uh, ugu to say, but you will not be able to say, no, no, those are where we, the things that we do that take us off the, the, ta- the tangent. All I'm saying to you, friends, if you don't know where you're going, someone will send you an assignment. A lot of you listening to me now, you are running another man's assignment. But I believe one thing, like the Yorubas will say, I don't. I don't look at another man's clock. My clock is my clock. I don't care what car you're driving. What I care about is what drives you. And that's why if I love this car, whatever car I loved, I've had the privilege, I've told you, I've had the privilege of driving the, the best and the most beautiful cars that I can, you know, I believe I liked. But friends, today I can decide not to drive any of those. It's my choice. But all of this should not in any way take me away from my tomorrow. Leading for today requires a vision. Looking to tomorrow requires a vision. If you are a young man and you are a young woman and you are not even envisioning tomorrow, forget it. You know what? You are just going to be an errands boy or errands girl. I don't want to say runs boy or runs girl. They all fit in the society. Today, they are calling some foodlooms because they are going to loot. But they are someone's son or daughter. They are calling some hoodlums. What badge are they going to call you? Nobody can, by the grace of God, call any product of mine hoodlum. There's nobody under the sound of my voice that will be labeled a hoodlum. 
Because the labor I come to this station every Tuesday and Thursday is to make your life, my life better. It's to secure a future for us. And it's all because God had given me a platform and a vision. And I'm playing out that vision day by day, night by night. And so Navigate with ID is not an accident. It's a deliberate action by God to be able to put me in a space as an under-shepherd, to be able to lead you on that path. And I've reeled out for you in the course of the program, the wise and the wherefores. And so, my dear friends, there couldn't be a better time to bow out than now. And on Thursday, by the grace of God, when I come on Thursday, I'm going to be looking at the word. We're going to be looking at perseverance. And just to whet your appetite, one of the things I'll tell you is that perseverance is a quality of continuing to try to achieve a particular aim despite difficulties. You think COVID is a difficulty? You need perseverance. Because in 2021, your best days are still very much ahead. Thank you so much for listening, friends. At this point and at this juncture, I'll bow out honorably. If you have questions for me, just follow me as I follow Christ. My Twitter handle, Instagram handle, Facebook, at I-D-Y-E-N-A-N-G. And if you have a question, a genuine question, then send me an, uh, send a mail to my box. Contact, C-O-N-T-A-C-T. Contact at navigatewithid.com. The ID is spelled I-D-Y. Well, as I always say, can't stop loving you guys. I'll be back here by the grace of God on Thursday. Thank you so much, Eve. God bless you. Thank you. You're welcome. See you Thursday. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye.